Introducing Miss Clement, Miss Clement, Miss Clement, and uh, Miss Clement. Welcome to Flyover Film Country. I'm Isaac Sims. I'm Olivia Clement. And I'm Eric Pham. And I'm your producer, Walter Lyle. This is a podcast about places oft forgotten by Hollywood. Today, we are expanding our reach, actually, and discussing our favorite romantic comedies from across the globe. From New York to L.A. and even Sweet Home Alabama and basically all across the world, um, everywhere, every corner of the globe, near every corner of the globe will be represented in this episode. So, um, Olivia, Walter, and Eric, how are y'all doing today? Doing all right. Good. I love these morning recordings because this is where I'm more energized than 10 a.m. At, or 10 p.m. at night. So, yeah, we yeah. haven't done a, a morning recording in a while, and I'm I'm very excited about it. Walter, yeah. I think I cut you off. No, it's okay. I was going to say I'm going to do some breakfast eating ASMR during this episode. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> Amazing. We have a strict no eating on mic rule, <laughs> but we can we can drink. Uh, I have coffee. Eric, I see you have your. Is that a protein? Protein. Uh, there you go. Protein shake. Let's go. Um, let me get a couple of housekeeping items out of the way, and then we'll uh, jump in. We're going to be discussing Moonrise Kingdom on our next episode in the spirit of Saint Valentine's, one of this one of the nice uh, coming of age slash romantic comedies from uh, Wes Anderson, um, and that will be coming out on February nineteenth. So stay tuned for that. And then our next flyover after dark will be Heat. And that is going to release pretty soon. I don't know if Walter has it. You caught me with food in my mouth again. Um, Yeah, that's coming out soon. (laughs) Are are you guys doing that in in parts? Like, are you guys doing one whole heat thing? Or are you guys doing two parts? I'm not sure yet. We're going to... Oh. That's a work in progress. Um, Yeah. Should I, I think, not have said anything? My bad. I think it's a it could go either way. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can go either way. Um, so yes, he is coming, and I think that is it. But we do have a full slate. We're also, I think, our ep- next episode after that might be the Batman. So we are one hundred percent going to be covering that Batman and Robin, right? Well, right. we're going to be sorry, Flower After Dark. Yes, oh, we're going to cover After Dark. Batman yeah, 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 and okay. Robin, but. Our, yeah. We are doing an episode covering Matt Reeves, The Batman, which is coming out the first weekend of March. Um, and so I think we're going to try to record that on Sunday, the 6th, Sunday. and get that out. Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, the f- 6th. Nice. So get ready for that. And I think, okay, so that's our housekeeping. I also wanted to uh, cover the Oscar nominations. It was a pretty interesting kind of like safe slate of nominations. That's how I felt about it. Um, what are you guys' thoughts about these, this, uh, round of nominations? Eric, go first. (laughs) Um, I think the Oscars are starting to turn the corner a little bit. I still really don't give two shits about them, but, um, I think it was pretty cool that, uh, Japan finally got recognized after like a hundred years for actually making good films. So that's kind of my thought on it. Nice. Um, I, I'm ex. I think this is the most excited I've been, excluding the year *Parasite* was nominated for everything. Um, just because, like Eric was saying, like 
we've got Drive My Car from Japan. Mm-hmm. The Worst Person in the World from Norway was also nominated. Uh, I will say I am upset about Nick Cage's performance not being nominated from Pig. Pig was my favorite movie of last year. Isaac, it was in your top five. I can't remember if it was your number one or not. Yes, it was my number one. And I think that performance and Alana Himes' performance being um, overlooked were really really my only problems with this slate. And I think think Alana Himes was... Uh, her snub was more surprising because licorice pizza overall got a lot of love from Mm -hmm. the academy um, this year uh, in terms of the number of nominations so that was kind of strange but also oscar's gonna oscar (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. so they they're oscar winners in my book and that's that's all that matters that's (laughs) they they get an olivia an olivia there oh my gosh did you just come up with something brilliant uh maybe i think you did maybe we can talk about it later we can the, brainstorm that the later. 2022 flower film country olivia's olivia's yeah incredible so, i love yeah, it thank you we are going to also cover the oscars we have a very full next month but it's going to be a lot of fun um the oscars are on march 27th and we are going to pre- uh record a live um not, not sorry, not live. We're going to record and publish our episode immediately following the Oscars and have a little bit of a late night, um, but it'll be fun. And we're actually going to do that. Like last year, we talked about the the Oscars and then we were like, yeah, we're going to come back afterwards and and talk about the actual show. And then we never did. Yes. So we're, we're actually, actually going to do, do that it. this year. Yes, we're actually going to do it. <laughs> promise. Uh, there's enough interest from everyone um one quick one quick like uh just local movie recommendation um bit if you're listening to this and you don't know where to watch the oscars a lot of these are famously inaccessible and most of them are in theaters right now but in bigger markets cinemark um on colonel glenn in little rock does a very good job of bringing back um oscar um, Oscar nominated movies after the nominations um, and that is how I watched Parasite whenever mm-hmm. it was nominated um, Riverdale 10 also does a really good job I think that they're showing multiple right now including Licorice Pizza um, but in my experience Cinemark was one of the only places Cinemark in Little Rock uh, was one of the only places that I could see some of these Oscar nominations because they are just not as popular yeah. Um, so yeah just want to put I that would, out there. Yeah, I would check. Uh, so I know the Oklahoma City or the Oklahoma Museum of Art also puts on a lot of um, movies, and they they apparently put out Drive My Car last like when it came out last year, and so I'm sure they're gonna bring that back. I know that they're bringing back the worst person in the world, and so so look for museums or even local theaters. Uh, I know in Oklahoma City. Rodeo Cinema is going to bring back some stuff. So so my suggestion is wherever you're at, look at museums or, or any sort of local theater and or even the major ones like they like like Cinemark. They do they do a good job of, of bringing back these Oscar noms because that's how I saw uh, Parasite as well. I went to this random movie theater that I didn't even realize was still open on the like far west side of 
of Oklahoma City. And so those are the best. You're like, what yeah, is this? it was it was super sketchy. My mom and I showed up and we were like, is this theater even still open? And it was, but it looked real. It looked like no one had been there in like 20 years. So nice. Nice. Yeah, it was a little time capsule. Anyway. Yep. Very excited to watch Drive My Car and uh, Worst Person in the World in particular. I expect that both of those will come to Little Rock uh, in very brief, um, limited supply. Um, Eric, how many of... um, So his name is Raisuke Hamaguchi? Ryutsuke Hamaguchi. Yes. I've... Uh, I did the, so the letterbox Reddit was one of the members was doing a Japanuary challenge where he, he challenged a lot, the, a lot of the community to watch 31 movies from Japan in 31 days. And, uh, a lot of Hamaguchi movies were recommended. So I was able to catch two of his feature films and two of his shorts. Um, he actually awesome. did two movies last year, um, including drive my car but also there's another one he did called wheel of fortune and fantasy um awesome movie it's like three short stories um but yeah he's he's amazing i'm really really happy to see him get recognized and hopefully the general audience will like his work that's awesome yep i'm very excited to to watch drive my car and more of his movies in the future y'all want to jump to romantic comedies Let's do this. This is a genre we totally talk about all the time on this show. Like every episode, I'm being <laughs> facetious. But um, let's let's just start uh, talking about how we feel about romantic comedies because um, I it is a genre that I've warmed up to as I've gotten older. Um, and I and we and as, as my intro, um may have may have revealed i we we don't talk about romantic comedies on this show very often but it seemed appropriate with valentine's day so um olivia i'm gonna throw this to you Mm -hmm. what like can you give us a sneak preview of some of the things on your some of the movies on your top five list and also just like what is your what is your romantic comedy journey so great, great question. My romantic comedy journey is probably a little different than what is stereotypical for. Actually, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I so so with my my picks, all but two, because we're doing five. So so three of my five are like comfort movies. They're movies I grew up with. They're movies that I will watch and laugh and cry and have a good time and that's that's kind of how I went about picking my movies my rom-com movies I I don't go out of my way to watch them very often uh I was actually talking about this with my small group on Wednesday it doesn't feel like there have been many just good solid rom-coms in the past you know five ten years uh it feels like if there has been they've like slipped through the cracks like I feel like I feel like one of my picks is one that has like slipped through the cracks as as being a it's 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 the most recent rom com I have on my list and um but I I feel like yeah I feel like there just haven't been good rom coms recently uh, I feel I don't know I don't I don't go out of my way to watch them very often but when I do I I never regret it they're they're more of a comfort movie to me than anything else um. And, and I 100% I think that, agree that, yeah, sorry to cut yeah. you off, that the mid-budget no. comedy 
is a dying genre of movies um, mm-hmm. that has not really been made in like the last decade. Um, like during that whole 2000s era, like those Judd Apatow type movies were just being pumped out left and right. And those mm-hmm. were the money yep. makers. Um, but yeah, we don't see those movies that much anymore. Yep. It is. It's interesting. And, and those were definitely not the movies that I, um, I talk a lot about like my experience with movies in general on this podcast, but those types of movies specifically like the Judd Apatow, like crude, uh, crude, funny, um, sorts of movies that became really popular in the mid two thousands when we were like in junior high, um, what are like middle school were not movies I was allowed to go see. And, uh, so like I, I was just like, well, I'm not, I'm not seeing that. And I just wasn't exposed to a lot of it and remain unexposed to a lot of, um, a lot of some of those movies. Um, Olivia, I've only seen two of the three movies on your list. Yeah. And, um, and uh, Eric, you didn't put your list on here, so I can't oh, corroborate that. I got, you're, I got you're playing little, it close uh, to the chest. So <laughs> pen and paper, but, pen and paper. But yeah, that's that. It is. It's it's a um, for me. It was a genre that I was very bored by uh, because I wasn't interested in dialogue and um, smart dialogue in movies when I was um, in elementary school and junior high, and I started to appreciate it more once I got into high school, but. Uh, I grew up in a house with four sisters, so some of the movies on my list I came to appreciate later in life upon rewatch, and um, I was just like, there's nothing happening. Everybody is talking. I really wanted like action movies and thrillers and um, and lots of dynamic camera movements. So it was like, yeah, who would have thought? Like me, right? Weird. So, yeah, yeah super you weird. as a as a teenage boy growing up in Arkansas wanting action, that's that's yeah. wild. Yeah. I, we were, again, talking about this on uh, Wednesday with my small group. One of the guys was like, yeah, I didn't really get into like rom-coms until I got married. And his wife was like, yeah, it took me forever to get you into them. And now you love them. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's, that's something to highlight is that, that especially when we were in middle school and high school, there wasn't, it didn't feel like there was room for guys to appreciate or to enjoy rom-coms unless they were, they were watching that movie with like a girl they were dating or Mm -hmm. their sister or their mom or something like, like they, they couldn't just go enjoy a rom-com to enjoy a Mm rom-com. Um, because that meant whatever it meant. It meant accessing, accessing our feelings. Yeah. (laughs) And heaven forbid you guys do that. Like Mm -hmm. my goodness, you're not a man if you have feelings unless it's anger. And then yep. that one's okay. Yep. Yeah. Angst. Angst is the Angst. key thing. Yeah. Angst and anger. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. We're just misunderstood. That's all it is. Right. Just guys go to therapy. Um, a couple things. This this like super high level, but um, unsurprisingly, uh, as with most most uh, groundbreaking uh, um, movements in in literature and storytelling. Shakespeare was the one who came up with the modern romantic comedy structure with the Merchant of Venice. Um, And then I also wanted to, some of these directors are going to show up on our list and some of them uh, will not, but I wanted to touch on just a couple of people who are responsible for some of the most like uh, seminal um, romantic comedies, um, either in 
either in in writing in writing capacity and directing capacity um and i'm i'm stalling because the this page is buffering but uh nora efron um Mm -hmm. is she has a film that shows up on both mine olivia's lists and she's responsible for some of the best writing um and directing of some some of the most famous romantic comedies of the last 30 years i would say and um kind of remains like as as a as a genre romantic comedies do not hold sway over the public the way that marvel does anymore or even i don't think like, anything holds sway over the public like sure sure but yeah and and I guess the closest would be someone like Adam McKay um, in terms of comedy and then Judd Apatow, Judd Apatow with romantic comedy, but um, just pretty, pretty different than the fare that Nora Ephron um, serves up. She's an incredible writer. We're going to talk about that with one of our uh, entries and, but yeah, Sleepless in Seattle and you've got mail among, uh, when Harry met Sally and a bunch of other really incredible works that just stand the test of time in, in a, in really incredible fashion. Um, Rob Reiner was really is, is up there and he has a really weird career. He's done so many different things, but he's, um, he's, uh, like five of his movies are pretty, um, important in the in the realm of romantic comedies. Um, Gary Marshall with Overboard, Pretty Woman, Runaway Bride, Valentine's Day, and New Year's Eve. Um, those latter two, some of the more schlocky, <laughs> like middling, yeah. uh, huge yeah. ensemble romantic comedies that are not critically acclaimed, but pretty actually very watchable and fun. Um, but yeah, just wanted to mention a couple of those those people um, as this genre has kind of like been overshadowed by so many other genres um in recent memory i gotta give a shout out to uh alice Wu. she's a chinese american film director she's directed and written two really good rom- romantic comedies like true romantic comedies um and she's holding it down for the east asian people nice nice we love awesome. to see it alice Wu. shall we start our top five Let's, Let's do it. it. Let's do it. Olivia. Who's starting us off? Me? I have you first in our okay. in the dossier, so I just take us away. I just want to say, mine are in no particular order. Uh, I will say the way I have them listed are the top three, which are the older ones, are like comfort movies to me, and the last two are more of a kind of like a more serious, artsy, like artistic mm-hmm. uh, approach to the rom-com. Um, and I'm going to start with those two. So the first one I'm going to go with is 500 Days of Summer. We have jo- Joey, Zoe Deschanel and Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it. It's uh, it's about uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character who just is a hopeless romantic and so badly wants to be in a relationship and have it all. Like he wants it all, like the family, the the wife, the all of that. Um, but he, Zoe Deschanel's character Summer is hesitant doesn't really isn't really sure if she wants that and it it follows their their relationship over 500 days and i really like the way that it is um 
shot and the the way they have like kind of the storyline and kind of goes back and forth. Have you guys seen it, I, Isaac? You've seen it. Yes. Okay. Yes, I've seen. And it. I, okay. I like this movie with with reservations, but I I wanted to to yeah. kind of let you finish. So it's not it's not the how do I want to put this? It's not the happy rom-com movie, mm-hmm. but I, I do appreciate it as a rom-com because it's probably one of the few rom-coms where it's like they spoiler alert, they don't end up together and it's probably for the best. And something that I, I could pick up pretty, pretty quickly on the first watch, but you see it more, I think upon a rewatch is Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is not is not the hero of this movie. In fact, his his expectations are really unreal. Like they're they're completely unrealistic. Like he, like I said, is this hopeless romantic, and he wants Summer to fit into his idea of what a relationship is supposed to look like, and that's that's not how it works. Like like it's gonna be some give and take, and you're gonna have to 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 be flexible and he was not willing to do that. And I think that you see kind of the heartbreak that he has whenever she, he realizes that she is not only married to someone else after he was told that she never wanted to do that, but is having another kid with it or having a kid with another guy. And so I don't know. I, it just, it's really a story about, how you should focus on your job and yourself and never like allow people in. I'm joking because right. that's yeah, kind yeah. of like what ends up happening. He le- he leaves his job to focus on his dream job of architecture. And it's kind of funny how that ultimately like the, the message of the movie is kind of like, just, just like focus on yourself and like, it'll come eventually. But like, if you look too hard for love and if you try too hard to make it work, then, then it, probably won't work yeah <laughs> that's how yeah. i interpret the movie now no i think that's fair eric what are your thoughts uh i have that on my list as well um yeah i think joseph gordon levitt's character was someone i could probably relate to i guess years ago but i remember watching rewatching it maybe last year and i was like dude this guy is a freaking jackass <laughs> He's he really like on rewatches he is a it, despicable yeah. character um, yeah but i enjoyed it it's it's very uh, a cutesy movie so Deschanel um, plays um, that character so well, like who wouldn't fall for her? So mm-hmm. um, it was a good movie. The I I know we're uh, I know we have a lot of other movies to get to, but I I will say I do really like this movie. And huge shout out to this movie for it's like film history intertwined mm-hmm. in it. Like you get glimpses of the Seventh Seal and um, the Graduate, like. Mm-hmm. And and you like I I figured out oh right. oh my gosh those, those are like rom-com. incredible movies that are and I I don't know I just I I'm kind of bummed that Mark Webb I, I I'm assuming that he's responsible for most of that and I know the producers are um are really great too but yeah like that's just that's very rare to see that sort of intelligence in in a modern romantic comedy um I I realized like what the Graduate was about like watching that movie. And it's funny how Jordan Joseph Gordon Levitt's character misinterprets it, um, but the musical yeah. dance number was really fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, for for really no apparent good. reason, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, um, 
I will go next. Um, and then, well, actually I, I wanted to, we were going to have time limits on each of our entries just to keep things moving. But Eric, since this is on your list, I wanted to hear a couple more, um, thoughts yeah, from you as I, I well. Think, I think Olivia captured most of it. Um, yeah, I, I think they, it is a, actually a very well-made movie. I don't mm-hmm. know what Mark Webb is up to these days, uh, but I think watching this, I think, made me excited for the Amazing Spider-Man movies when they did come out. Um, but yeah, it, it's a fun movie. Um, I, I definitely need to go rewatch it, but it, it is fun how the main character is just someone you do not like, and I enjoy movies like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, I think it, it highlights something that we... I say we, I don't know if you guys do that, if you guys have done this or do this. I think that it's easy for, for people in general to have really unrealistic expectations of, of relationships and idealize them in ways that the other person can't live up to those standards. And I think it highlights the importance of, uh, of just trying to figure out, okay, what are realistic expectations and how, how can I grow and evolve with another person which is hard yeah no it's not (laughs) shut up isaac (laughs) yeah but yeah it's it's great i'm glad uh, that we all agree that it is a fun movie so that that is my one my my list isn't in any order either so um 500 days of summer was on my list as well so isaac what you got um i will jump around a little bit since y'all do not have your lists in uh uh descending order of favoritism um but i will talk i'll save the best for last but i will talk about one that i've already mentioned and alluded to pride and prejudice the uh 2004 version i believe um this was the movie that i referenced at the beginning of this episode um it is a story of four sisters who are all basically just trying to find love and find suitors in um 1800s England, I believe. And this movie's really good. This movie's directed by Joe Wright, who has since done um, Darkest Hour. And he did an adaptation of Anna Karenina. And recently, The Woman in the Window with Amy Adams, which was uh, unfortunately panned by critics and kind of like forgotten last year. But Joe Wright knows his stuff. He's really, really good at this sort of um, this sort of story that's very dialogue heavy, that's very dramatic. Um, he's very good with the camera. If you watch this movie, and I didn't really, again, as I um, as I rewatched this movie, I realized how gorgeous th- this is. I watched it on uh, on DVD, and the resolution wasn't as good probably as I could have got if I was streaming it. This movie has incredible landscape shots. This movie has one of the best soundtracks of any movie I've ever listened to. And um, knockout performances from Keira Knightley as Elizabeth. And um, you have Donald Sutherland as Mr. Bennett, their father, who's just exasperated, but good natured and honorable basically all the time. And Matthew McFadden, um, who is now playing the opposite of Mr. Darcy on <laughs> Succession. Um, I hate his character on a Succession. I haven't finished season three yet, but man, I hate Tom so much. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Eric, do you watch Succession? I do not, no. Okay. It looks like a okay. white people show for sure. It is a white people show, but it's also a messy white people show. Like, 
everyone is the worst. Okay. I think you would actually really I like. I think you would love it, Eric. Brian Cox's I know character. Kieran Culkin is in it, and yeah. I've heard a lot of really good things about his character. I've gotten so many recommendations to watch it. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch it one of these days. You'll get to it when you get to it. Yeah. That's all the time I really wanted to spend on Pride and Prejudice, and I also had to shout out to my four sisters that I was wrong and you guys were right. And it's awesome, and I will basically sit down and watch it anytime it's on because it's really, really funny too. Like it is hilarious, even though it's like posing this. as a as a dramedy. So. I remember watching this for like a English class. Isn't it like based on like it's some old book? Um, yeah, it's based on Pride and Prejudice by oh, Jane Austen. Okay. Oh yeah, like other really important thing I had to mention, like Jane Austen. <laughs> Jane Austen is one of the greatest writers of all time. So like, of course, this movie would be really, really good. Like incredible back and forth between characters. Um, yeah, that's that's all you can say about it. It is it is like a modern classic of romantic comedies. You could you could do the intro thing with that you did with me with my last name with your last name and your yep. sisters did you I guys ever do that? that you guys should have done that next time oh yeah all the time all right is it my turn next uh yes. eric right oh is it me well he did right. 500 days of summer <clears throat> oh wait me. i get yeah olivia let's swing back to you okay. and then and then we'll come to eric all right so i know this one is on isaac's list uh i'm gonna talk about about time which is just a, is such a good movie and I, I watched this movie for the first time my senior year of college, so it was a few years after it had come out, and I had no interest in watching it because I thought it was, I truthfully thought it was a Nicholas like Sparks movie, and I was like, absolutely not. No, mm-hmm. thank you. Because I don't want to watch a romantic movie. I, I'll watch a rom-com all day, but a, a romantic movie, no thank you. But this movie is, I feel like it's a, a an original idea or it feels it more original than anything I've seen in a while and or at that point. And it's about this guy who I don't even know how to explain it. Isaac. T- so try to yeah, um, explain it. So <laughs> about time has an incredible cast. Yeah. Uh, Domino Gleason, Rachel McAdams, Bill Nye, Tom Hollander, Margot Robbie, like one of the first, actually this was the first movie I saw. Yeah, with Margot I forgot Robbie, she's in it and she's really, really good. It's just really great cast. Um, Domhnall Gleeson's character, Tim, uh, is told on his, I think 18th birthday or mm-hmm. 20, I think 21st, 21st birthday by his dad played by Bill Nye. One of my favorite performances from him that the men in their family can travel in time. You go into a dark place, like a closet, you, you close your eyes and you concentrate on the moment you want to return to, and you can return there. You can alter events, but then you, he realizes as time goes on that he can't go back, um, past a certain point um i.e when a kid's born it will like alter the characteristics of the child and that sort of thing this movie is like pure sentimentality Mm -hmm. but in a joyous way it's like a joyous celebration of love that you have with your family with your spouse with um your friends and the people in your life um your siblings and you expect something bad to happen and there to be some kind of like melodramatic stakes, but really the stakes is like, how are you going to live your life? Are you mm-hmm. going to, are, are you going to, and there's, and there's no like, like abuse of the time travel. It's he, Tim literally goes back in time over and over again, trying to meet Rachel McAdams character. And it's one of like the best meet cutes of 
any movie and you yeah. just feel like you're falling in love with her because you're seeing like she's oh, she's so good in this movie everyone's so good i love this movie it's so amazing it is amazing and i i just love i love everything about it it's so good mm-hmm. i need to rewatch it i haven't watched it in a long time but it's one of those movies that you walk away from and you you reflect and and think about like you know life is okay life is okay and i have these relationships and and while they may be flawed they are good and i think i i just appreciate my relationships with my family with my friends so much more after watching the movie uh it's definitely one i cried in it's so Mm -hmm. good it's so sweet yep everything is just wonderful um, this I've probably seen this movie, I mean, almost as many times as I've seen Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is my favorite movie of all time. Um, I watched it. I watched it in college and um, with a group of guys, and we were all like crying by the end. Of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh it gets you, man. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Ben and Jordan who showed showed this movie to me. And the part with uh, the last time that he gets to spend with his dad is like just you're just like I was like a blubbering oh, man. mess. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the beach scene. You know what I'm talking it's, about. It's beautiful, yeah. and it's. I think it also highlights. I'm glad you said that because I think it also highlights. This doesn't have to do with rom com necessarily, but I think it's it's something that doesn't happen a whole lot. Is the father son relationship is just mm-hmm. so sweet and so pure and it's like that's that's a healthy father-son relationship it's not it's not kind of like the the high school musical trope right where it's like yes i'm following your dream dad yeah it's not that thing it's like no i I want my son to go and have a happy healthy life and it's just it's really sweet there's there's this sort of like in in the age of uh (laughs) Uh, in the age of (laughs) I'm laughing at what Eric sent in the dossier Um, in the age of time travel to do crazy stuff and that sort of stuff keeps happening um, like Doctor Strange level of craziness Tim's dad goes back in time to read books and he reads like if you can imagine having that power he probably reads like a thousand books a year or something crazy like that um and you can tell that he reads a lot and then his dad or his uncle um used the power to go back and like make the best deals in banking and stuff like that and he but you can see how he's kind of distant and doesn't have um as um as much of a handle on like the relationships in his life so there's there's little nuance um aspects of like that so anyway let's move on eric my okay let me see where i'm at okay one of my picks it's more of a comedy than it is uh rom-com but there are definitely romantic elements in it it is uh martin scorsese's fourth film after hours um it's more about uh, a he's also another despicable character and basically he's just trying to get some action on i think it's friday night and it's basically just a series of unfortunate events in new york city um this was really on early on in scorsese's career so i think he had a very small budget for it and this is when he was 
I think still trying to find himself as a director. He, he I think this was before King of Comedy. So he actually did like two back to back, like true comedies um, in a row. And this one was a really fun movie. Very, it's more of a dark comedy. Um, the cast is really good. Griffin Dune, I think is how you say his name is in it. Rosanna mm-hmm. Arquette. Um, one half of Cheech and Chong is in it. Um, it's just a really fun movie and it's not really appreciated in film circles as some of the other Scorsese movies, but it definitely is one of his best. And I would recommend watching it if you're a fan of Scorsese, Um, especially if you want to see what he can do with like a limited budget. Um, and when he was trying to find himself as, as a filmmaker. This has been on my watch list. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a regular Friday night for Olivia. Sounds like a a regular Friday night for Olive. (laughs) One Olivia to Olivia. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I, this has been on my watch list for a long time, and I know nothing about it other than the fact that Scorsese directed it. So, yeah, do you have. Is this on Criterion? No, this is one in the Criterion circles where people have been petitioning for it to come out on Criterion for years and years because there's not a physical release for it on Blu ray. Yeah. Nice. But, nice. Yeah, it's it's a full one. I will have to check it out um, if I find a good deal on Blu-ray or something like that. I I really want to see Scorsese um, doing something like, you know, like a romantic comedy. Because I, I mean, we're so we're so accustomed to the classics, um, The Aviator and Wolf of Wall Street, and um, and I yeah, really want to see him do something like a this. A lot of his movies, they definitely have a lot of comedic elements in them, and it's very fun too. Um, to see him in King of Comedy and this and Wolf of Wall Street just go full blown, just throwing jokes left and right. And his, his comedic timing as a director is really incredible. Yeah. Um, Olivia, you made a great point um, in our in our chat. The, so the movies that we've discussed so far, I don't believe uh, 500 Days of Summer is streaming anywhere. Um, it's on Prime Video, I think. Okay, so it, it's on Prime. Um, About Time is on um, Netflix. And... What was the other one that I... Pride and Prejudice, I believe, is on HBO. And After Hours, sadly, is not streaming anywhere. So you'll have to buy a hard oh, copy. Um, I you, got you it can, on DVD. You can stream it on... I think you can rent it on iTunes, um, but it's not streaming for free anywhere. So, but yeah, great catch there, Olivia. 500 Days of Summer is on Prime and Hulu. So Cool. Perfect. Um, are we uh, Are we at my think, number? Yes. Four. Yeah. Okay. Um, my number four is the lobster. This is Yorgos Lanthimos, and this is more uh, in line, I believe, from what, from how uh, Eric has described it with with After Hours. It is a dark comedy, but it is very much centered on these like kind of sad themes about love and how like loving it, loving someone, and finding um, finding true love is is difficult. And in the case of this movie, it your life depends on it. Um, the premise of this movie is hilarious and works for me, even though it is very dark in his outlook. Um, it's a futuristic society where you have to fall in love with someone, uh, pair and be compatible with them to produce offspring. And if you don't, you get turned into an animal. So (laughs) in the background of this movie that's shot, I believe in England, uh, or on some Island, um, where all these people are gathered to basically uh, try and like mate. Um, 
they're just random animals like wandering around in the background that you know that that's some poor dude who or woman who got turned into an animal because they couldn't uh find true love and uh this movie stars colin farrell and rachel vice and um and a couple other people but yeah i this movie's hilarious this movie the movie opens with a woman driving up in a field in the English countryside, getting out of the car and shooting a donkey in the head. Um, nice. And and you're like, what the heck is this movie? And then you realize later on, like that that was her ex husband or ex boyfriend or someone ex girlfriend. Um, it just has a really dark sense of humor, and uh, it works for me. I don't think it'll work for everyone, um, but I'm able to, you know. Um, I like weird movies like that. So that, the lobster. You that scene yeah, reminds me of uh, the scene in Napoleon Dynamite where the yep. guy <laughs> heads out in the field and shoots the cow as the kids drive by on the bus and they all yep. go, ah. It's like, a, yeah, you know, it is literally like the meme, uh, Yorgos Lanthimos, Napoleon Dynamite shooting animals <laughs> uh, in the head. So That's John amazing. C. Riley uh, and Leah Sado and Ben Wishart and Olivia Coleman are Olivia also Coleman. in this movie. Olivia Coleman. This movie's. I like this movie more than um, the favorite, which is probably Yorgos Lanthimos's. The killing um, of a sacred deer is awesome. The what? Oh the yeah. The killing and, of a sacred deer. Yeah, sure. Have you seen that one? I did, and I didn't like it that much. Um, I, but I you and I should have a sidebar and talk about that sometime. <laughs> um, yeah, the lobsters, awesome. And unfortunately, it's you have to rent it on iTunes or it looks like Amazon. So. Okay. Olivia, back to you. All right. So my next one is The Wedding Planner. It was directed by Adam Shankman, who he directed Hairspray, A Walk to Remember, The Pacifier, Cheaper by the Dozen. He's directed some pretty cute movies. Um, and this stars Jennifer Lopez, Matthew McConaughey, uh, and America's Best Friend, Judy Greer. That that needs to be stated. Judy Greer yep. is America's. She best is America's friend. best friend. She really is, and she's in one of my other movies too. Uh, so this is about a a woman. J Lo's character is a wedding planner, and she ends up being saved at, in a crosswalk by um by this very attractive man, aka Matthew McConaughey, and she's it's a meet cute. She's very infatuated with him, only to find like the next day or later that day, I can't remember that he is engaged and they are going to be her clients. And so the whole movie is no. like, yeah, will they, won't <laughs> they? Are they going to are they going to get together? Who's to say? I will say it's it's funny, it's good. Um it's also at the very beginning, JLo's talking about how how she goes about weddings and planning them and how at the the moment when the bride walks down the aisle, everyone looks at the bride of course but she looks at the the groom to see his reaction. And that has been in my head since 2001 when this movie came out. And so now at every wedding I go to, I always look at the groom and not the bride as she walks down the aisle. Like I'll, I'll take a peek. I'll look at her, but nice. I always look at the groom. So, um, Isaac, I, I did that at your wedding too. You did? Yeah. Yeah, actually I did. And so did Whitney. And we were both like, look at our boy. He's getting our boy's married. boy's getting married. So yeah. anyway, well, what I wasn't looking at me. I was looking at my bride. So yeah, I mean, as you sh- as you should have. <laughs> I love so in the uh, in the cover image 
for this movie on Letterboxd. Uh-huh. You can tell that Matthew McConaughey is wearing a pager, which is like all I need to know about the era of this movie. So <laughs> Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's wearing a pager. He's a doctor. Yeah. So yeah. he's a pediatrician. He this saves is, kids. Yeah. This like is Morbius. like <laughs> the vampire. Um, this is this is like peak rom com. Like it's it's a true rom com. So that is that is one of my picks. Eric, what's next for you? My next one, okay, is one that I saw back in high school. It's a I don't I don't remember the year it came out. I think it came out in 2012, maybe. It's Take Me Home Tonight. It's uh, oh yeah, one of those classic. Yeah, one of those classic mid-budget comedies this one's a little bit more raunchy i think it was actually rated r um, it is it came out in yeah. 11 okay it came out in 11 uh as topher grace oh it's been years since i've seen this movie anna ferris is in it yeah Teresa palmer is in it um it's about Chris topher Pratt. grace yeah he works at like a, i think a blockbuster type movie store and um he falls in love or he's infatuated with like one of the pretty girls in the city and he is has a twin sister played by Anna Ferris, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically his journey to try to get the girl that is way out of his league. And it's got an amazing soundtrack. Um, fun fact, the Eddie Money song does not actually even play in the movie. But there are a lot <laughs> of uh, amazing songs um, in the movie. And there are a lot of movie references as well. It's a fun movie. That's kind of incredible the song doesn't play. <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's really good. I watched this last year for the first time and i was surprised with how much i really enjoyed it yeah it's it's really funny so it has aged pretty well then yeah i mean it's i i don't remember being like oh my gosh i can't believe that that is said in here but it's it is raunchy it's not necessarily something i would i would watch with the kiddos but whoever has kids um not me but it's it's funny and enjoyable and the mu- the soundtrack is fantastic yes, it's all i remember it yeah it's all like 80s because i think that they it's their 10-year high school reunion yes, and they, yes, they went to was. high school yep, in, yep, in yep. the 80s and so yeah right. chris pratt is a dick oh that i completely <laughs> forgot he, he was play, in this movie yeah, yeah. he's yeah, like engaged to right. anna ferris's character which i think oh that my. they were married at the time right. or were just to get together i don't remember if they were married yet but yeah he's a freaking dick in this movie (laughs) i bet i would enjoy his character a lot if i rewatch it Um, yeah no yeah i think so it is i was gonna say it is streaming on hbo max nice Nice. okay awesome great very good i'll have to check that one out it looks it looks pretty interesting um is it mine or yeah okay okay um about time blah 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 okay number three i love this movie i watched this is one of the first rom-coms that i watched with my wife um and i was she she wanted to watch it and it was valentine's day and i was like whatever we can put it on and it's uh a little (laughs) i love you're cracking up already uh this is a little movie called um to all the boys i've loved before and i'm totally unironically saying that i love this movie and i know that uh walter does as well shout out uh to him yeah Um, i'm gonna jump in here for a second yeah uh at first, it was I hate watched it the same way I did uh, <laughs> the Kissing Booth movies, <laughs> and then by yeah. the end, by the end of the third to all the boys I've loved before, my wife and I were both like completely hundred percent Ed. Like we got sucked in bad. Okay, that's it. That's all I'm saying. I think <laughs> that um, I think that oh, oh she's standing right here. Do you remember how happy we were watching? And oh, was it my idea? <laughs> I did it 
gosh. I'm so glad you came in right then and told me that. <laughs> Shout Jessica out to Sims is the greatest Jessica person in the entire Sims. world. I just need everyone to know that. That is oh amazing. My that's the, my Absolute favorite thing that's gold. ever happened okay, on this podcast. So, and, and oh my gosh. It, was it right around Valentine's Day? Okay, it was. And I was like, hey, this looks pretty good. At this point, like, if they make a fourth uh, to all the boys, I I could leave it or take it. But man, oh man, like, base, th- this movie has, it's very good filmmaking. I really relate to, like, the three sister dynamic, having grown up with all these sisters. Um, Noah Centeno, like, I'm I'm putting I'm betting the full house on him. Um, he's gonna be. Did y'all see the footage with him um, in Black Adam that was released yesterday? He's gonna be playing DC's Adam Smasher. Um, extremely yes. charismatic, extremely likable. Um, Lana Condor is awesome as uh, Lara Jean, and God, this movie's this movie's just fun. This movie's fun. It's innocent. It uh, it, it makes me feel the way I feel when I watch uh, About Time, and the plot is basically uh, her little sister being a little wow. uh, a little stinker, uh, mails her uh, her sixth grade I think love letters <laughs> to her friends now, and she's a senior, a junior, or senior in high school, and it's just really funny everyone's reaction, and that uh, precipitates the. Um, her falling in love with Noah Centineo's character, Peter Kavinsky, and love this movie. Unironically, can't wait to watch it with my daughter, who's going to be uh, coming in August. So, I just want to say I was laughing at the top, not because you love this movie, but because you were so begrudgingly uh-huh. like. I guess I'll watch it with Jess for Valentine's Day. And then, so I thought that was funny. And then when she came in Flipped and was the script, like, no. But it's hilarious because out. I Got literally, I, that's out. how I remembered it. And I was completely wrong. So <laughs> That's amazing. That's the greatest. A, top two moment and it's not two. Think, okay, good. I think you picked up her, your wife's audio on your microphone too. So yeah, <laughs> that's, awesome. that's one of the best moments we've had. Oh man. Okay. Amazing. Um, Olivia, we back oh, to you yeah. now. Okay. We are back to me. So, oh man, which one do I want to talk about next? I'm going to talk about Sweet Home Alabama next. So this, again, another just classic, true rom-com. It has Reese Witherspoon, Patrick Dempsey, Josh Lucas, um, Melanie Linsky, who apparently was really good in that show Yellow Jackets that's that's out right now. It was directed by Andy Tennant. He directed Hitch, Fool's Gold, Fool's Rush In, a lot of fools. Uh, It Takes Two, which has Mary-Kate and Ashley in it. Fantastic. Anyway, Sweet Home Alabama. So she is this fashion designer ends up getting engaged to this really high profile guy who's Patrick Dempsey. The kicker is she's still married to her high school sweetheart who lives in her hometown in this podunk Alabama town. And she has to go home and get him to sign the divorce papers, which he never did. And of course she gets kind of sucked back into the, the Southern home lifestyle Mm -hmm. that she fought so hard to get out of now there are some things that maybe didn't age well like i remember her dad is a 
a Confederate soldier reenactor and oh and they like do that every year. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a Confederate flag in someone's home. I can't remember whose, but um, that being said, the movie itself is is funny. It's sweet. It's I I think among like women my mm-hmm. age, it's probably one of the most like quoted uh, rom coms. I, I I just I mean. Reese Witherspoon is really in her bag when she's oh, yeah. in a rom-com. Like, she's a fantastic actor. Yes. And she, she's in her bag when she's doing rom-coms and when she's playing really rich, snobby women. So This is the movie she's that starts with her um, talking with Jake yeah. and then lightning strikes. Okay. That's the only scene I've seen in this yes, movie. Yes, as little kids. And then... Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, lightning strikes and it turns the sand into glass. and it's Oh, man. So sweet. Why? So why do you even want to be I married want. to me? So I can kiss you anytime I want. <laughs> so sweet. It's so sweet. That's why it's in the title. The the greatest all right, place. That's in all the I world. have to say about Sweet Home Alabama. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest place in the world. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, we'll go there. Uh, totally but accurate. It is and you a know, flyover, with all that Confederate stuff, filmed. they're just trying to be yes. accurate. That that's yeah. That's so. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> they were just trying to be accurate, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, to all the boys sure. is on Netflix. It's on Hulu, obviously. by the way. I probably mentioned that, but anyway. Obviously. All right, Eric. Okay. My next pick is a movie that I saw kind of recently. It is The Big Sick. It is. Yes. Yeah, it's very good. Um, directed by the great Michael Showalter, and it's written by Kumail Nanjiani and his wife, Emily Gordon, and it's based on their real life experiences. Um, it's actually a, a true romantic comedy. Unlike some of the other movies on my list. Um, Kumail, uh, one of my favorite comedic actors, mm-hmm. um, his, his shops really shine in this movie, like in Silicon Valley. I think this is one of his first things he did after Silicon Valley ended. Mm-hmm. Um, it really captures the whole, uh, immigrant experience in the romantic romantic world very well he's trying to obviously marry and pursue a western woman while his parents want him to be more traditional and marry a pakistani woman woman um and there's that whole dynamic going on and it captures that very well um i relate to his character a lot in that aspect and it really is a fun story that um, illustrates that whole immigrant experience nice. in the West and the pursuit of love. So, um, the big sick, it is, I think it was produced by Amazon. So it should be on prime video if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, it um, is. It's on prime. Okay. Awesome. Uh, let me see if I had any, Oh yeah. The cast, um, Kumail stars in it. Uh, Zoe Cousin, it plays Emily Gordon's character. Holly Hunter is in it. Ray Romano, um, bunch of legendary comedians nice. in this movie plus holly hunter plays a very fun role as well so i love still have not seen it i just love her so much yeah so so you enjoyed this movie olivia what was that you enjoyed this movie olivia yeah i really liked it i want to rewatch it um but it was really good and it's it really is just like a, a true rom-com because it's because i mean it's based on their life it's really sweet yeah um, it's very emotional it is emotional. I remember there were multiple times I was getting 
getting teary-eyed and there was really sweet moments between him and her dad which is played by ray romano yes uh that i just really loved so i i encourage i highly encourage everyone to watch this movie that was yeah. uh well, that was one of my honorable mentions actually oh, so very nice yeah yeah K- kumail is he's he's so incredible mm-hmm. um he's an incredible person and he deserves all the fame i have to right uh, shout Absolutely. out Real quick, All right. um, one of the movies on my honorable mentions is called What If, and it's a romantic comedy with Daniel Radcliffe, Zoe Kazan, who's in The Big Sick, and it was directed by Michael Dowse, who did, who directed uh, Take Me Home mm-hmm. Tonight. Adam Driver's also in this in this movie, and this movie oh. is really, oh. really interesting and funny. Is it is that the one where you get the the. Uh, screenshot or screen grab. No, uh, of so I think that's from Adam Girls, but soup. in this one, he ha- there's a scene okay. where Adam Driver comes out of the bedroom because he's like mar- he's uh, not married to he's <laughs> he's roommates with Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe's just sitting at the table, and he Adam Driver throws nachos on the table that he pulled out of the oven, and he <laughs> yells, "I just had sex and I'm about to eat nachos. This is the greatest day of my life." And it's like one of the best. It is. <laughs> absolutely incredible and that was i think my first exposure to adam driver too um but i had to like thread that needle real quick tie those things oh nice that we've covered so far so um olivia is it back to you i think it's is it back to me i wish be better about this um i think it's isaac Isaac too the the, my last movie is when harry met sally um this was directed by rob reiner um, it was released in 1989. It stars Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan and Carrie, Carrie Fisher's also in this movie. Um, <laughs> Bruno Kirby, Stephen Ford, a queen. Written a queen. by Nora Ephron, previously mentioned. Um, cinematography by Barry Sonnenfeld. A um, who did uh, cinematography for some of the Coen Brothers movies. Uh, Blood Simple, which we recently covered. Um, Nora Ephron also produced... This movie is incredible. It's very sweet. It's very like kind of wry, um, but it's absolutely hilarious. Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal have incredible, like absolutely stunning chemistry um, together. Um, my wife loved this movie. We watched it last week. We watched it in preparation for this episode. It is some of the best writing um, of any romantic comedy. Also, the most incredible outfits of any movie uh, I've seen uh, set in the 80s and also like the most attractive looking New York City I've ever seen in any movie as well. So I would we could give the Walter the floor for a minute or two to explain why he doesn't like this movie. Uh, Yeah, I was sending in the chat just now that this is. (laughs) A least favorite movie of mine and oh, i have to admit those are fine words yeah i'm sorry i have to admit that it is not for good reason um <laughs> it is entirely because my the <laughs> several years ago a girl i was dating at the time made me watch it with her and she was like she's like look this is us because like we were like friends for a long time and then we like tried to date and it was like horrible for a lot of different reasons <laughs> and then like this is the opposite I'm like, i don't want the, this to be yeah. <laughs> 
yeah like this is this is not what i want um and so i i have just not super fond memories of it that's <laughs> fair so, that's okay, fair that did deserve an explanation <laughs> i i love that I mean, I hate that for you. I hate that that was that sounds like a really awful experience. But I love yeah, that you shared that. Yeah, it was that. very very confusing as a yeah. college student to be like, <laughs> "Hey, look at this toxic rela- relationship." Like, oh, isn't that so cute? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why when when Isaac was talking at the top of this or at the top of what he was started talking about when Harry met Sally, mm-hmm. I laughed, and it wasn't for anything hate, hate Isaac said. Movie. It was because Walter said in our chat. <laughs> I hate this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes me laugh. Circumstances, this could definitely uh, affect your. Sorry, I'm affect your viewing of it. So. so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, I ruined the flow. Of no, the this. Yeah, I think going. almost no, everything in this movie has aged well. Um, even even the way even like the kind of misogyny of Billy Crystal's character, um, Harry, but. <laughs> like the the way uh, like how frank they are with each other especially when they're talking about like the dynamic of of men and women together and like men and women and sex it's like very upfront and very funny and um he's just lovesick the whole time even though he puts up a front that he uh doesn't care and that he's okay by himself and um it's just really good. I love this movie. Number one. It's it, if we were doing it in order, this would have been my number one romantic comedy of all time. So, wow, nice. I believe so. Nice. All right. Is it my turn? Yes. All right. So my final final pick is Thirteen Going on Thirty. It oh. was directed by Gary Winnick, who directed who also directed Letters to Juliet, Bride Wars, Charlotte's Web. Uh, it stars Jennifer Gardner, Mark, Ruff- Mark Ruffalo, our girl, Judy Greer, Andy Serkis is in it. And it is about a 13-year-old who is embarrassed at her 13th party and wants to be, wishes to be 30, and she wakes up the next day and is 30, and she lives in a very nice apartment in New York City and has no idea how she got there, and she's trying to figure it out. So you see Jennifer Gardner play an adult but with a with a kind of the 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 purity of a of a 13 year old girl who just kind of sees the best in everything or wants to see the best in everything and she runs into her high school best friend or her middle school best friend who plays played by Mark Ruffalo's character and sees just how things changed between them and and how she would go back to change those things so that she could be with him. And it's, it's just really sweet. It's funny. It's endearing. It's, it's probably one of my family's favorite movies. I say family. It's one of my mom and I's, my mom and my favorite movies. We, we quote it often. It's, it's just really sweet. I, I love it so much. It's, it's one of those like comfort movies for me. Um, I, I think about it from time to time and just how just amazing it is. Also, also someone else who's in it is is Brie Larson as a as a no. teenager. She's she plays one of the the mean girls at the beginning of the movie as a in an uncredited role. But yeah, it's it's a good movie. I really really enjoy it. Um, it's on HBO Max. So if if you haven't seen it, which I think I would say most girls my age have probably seen it so andy circus is in this movie that's that's my pick that's hilarious 
yeah yeah he plays yeah he plays her boss she works for this like fashion magazine and it's like all serious and he plays her boss who is (laughs) is like kind of flamboyant and just he's just funny and um at one point he she does something and he's like oh yeah who's your daddy and she just goes wayne rink which is her dad's actual name doesn't realize it's like something he was just trying to like i i'm the boss like i know what i'm doing or whatever and so um yeah he's he's good at it too he's really funny he plays a character that you would not picture him typically i like me some andy circus so oh yeah i haven't seen this one either need to yeah it's it's the ultimate Marvel crossover because <laughs> and Jennifer Gardner is in a Marvel movie, yeah. as is Mark Ruffalo, Judy Greer, and Andy Serkis, and Brie Larson. So, oh, all and right. it's on HBO Max. And, that's that's um, all I got to say. All right, I have. So is When Harry Met Sally. So is Harry Eric, Met, when take Harry us home. Sally. <clears throat> Tonight. All right, Tonight. so this one is... <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, this one is my last movie, uh, Love on Delivery. It's directed and written by the legendary king of comedy of, over in China, Stephen Chow. This is one of the earliest movies that he directed and wrote. Um, it's about a food delivery boy who delivers food one day to a uh, kung fu gym. And he sees or the, the girl he delivers food to catches his eye. Um, and it's about his quest to try to win her over. Um, this is, this movie is uh, a good example of fan service and in jokes and cameos and those kind of fan service in movies done really well. Um, it's not like just Marvel movies, just throwing movie references and stuff right in your face and not making you have to work for it. Um, there's a lot of funny, intelligent jokes. There's and movie nice, references nice. throughout the whole movie, which is why I enjoy it a lot. Um, there's a really good Brokeback Mountain joke. There's a really good Rocky joke. And there's a lot of Karate Kid movie references, which are all three movies that I've enjoyed. So, Love on Delivery. I don't think it's streaming anywhere. Um, I think you can probably rent it on Amazon or Google. Nice. Um, but that is my last movie. Yeah. You can <clears throat> You can also rent it on YouTube. All as right. Well. Okay. Recap nice. real quick. Um when Harry Met Sally, About Time, To All the Boys I Loved Before, Pride and Prejudice, The Lobster. From me, from Eric, 500 Days of Summer. Right, that was that was on your list, right? Yep. Uh, Take Me Home Tonight, The Big Sick, yes, Love yes. on Delivery, and After Hours. And Olivia, Sweet Home Alabama, The Wedding Planner, 13 Going on 30, About Time, and 500 Days of Summer. Do y'all want to give some uh, some honorable mentions real quick before we wrap up? Yeah, yeah. So some of my honorable mentions include Just My Luck, which has a very young Chris Pine and Lindsay Lohan in it. Uh, Monster in Law, another J-Lo movie. It also has Jane Fonda in it. Fifty First Dates, Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore. It's it's so good. Hitch, Will Smith, uh, Kevin James, Some Kind of Wonderful, which is actually a movie from the 80s, and it's... I just love it so much. The Big Sick, which we talked about earlier, and then The Wedding Singer, which is another Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore movie. 
Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy all of those movies. Um, the only one I think I've only seen once is Some Kind of Wonderful and The Big Sick. The rest of those that I mentioned are, again, comfort movies that, that make me laugh, nice. cry. Nice. It's uh, so mine, good. Mine, What If, so, previously mentioned. Really, really like that movie. It's probably the one I would recommend everyone check out if they haven't seen it. And it's on Amazon Prime. Plus One, Jack Quaid, and, oh, shoot, I... Um, what is the name of the girl? She's in Pen15. Um, I will... Yes. Yeah, she's in She's in Pen15. Oh, that's her? Because she, she looks so funny. I don't so think funny. I realize that. Erskine, yeah. Um, Maya plus one is Erskine? Awesome. Emma, yeah. uh, the Anya Taylor-Joy movie from 2020, which is one of the last movies I saw before the pandemic. That one's um, good. Absolutely incredible. Palm Springs. Uh, Emma, I don't know if is uh, streaming anywhere. Another good one. Um, if you could look that up. Um, Palm was, Springs on. is yeah. on Hulu. Love that movie. It was very close to being into my uh, top five. Moonrise Kingdom, the Wes Anderson, uh, Moonstruck, the uh, 1970s, I believe, movie with Cher and Nicolas Cage. Absolutely incredible. And I love you, man. Bromance that uh, I really, really love with Paul Rudd and uh, Jason Segel. Oh, so, that is a banger. It. Bummer. It's a great movie. Emma is really not streaming movie. anywhere. Sorry, everyone. Yeah. I have one honorable mention, and now that Isaac says I love you, man, I would probably put that one in there as well for me. Uh, Chasing Amy, the Kevin Smith movie starring Ben Affleck um, with an amer- <laughs> amazing hairpiece, slick back haircut. Um, nice. Nice. That is my honorable uh, mention. Walter, any honorable mentions? <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm glad you asked me. Uh, oh yeah, I don't Heck know if yeah. it counts, but Princess yeah. Diaries. Yes. Oh the, my gosh! The, yeah, absolutely. The first Princess Diaries movie. Oh dude. man. I and may, maybe maybe uh, I know Isaac can relate. Uh, growing up with a bunch of sisters, um, and I had I didn't have any brothers at all, so we just watched a lot of Disney stuff and a lot of stuff like that. But my wife and I watched it again last year, maybe a year before. I was like, oh my, it's just super enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I mean, just Anne Hathaway gives such a good performance. Um, like weirdly earnest and like this kids rom com, um, yeah, really good. I like that one. And yeah. then uh, I mentioned it uh, in <laughs> favorite movies of twenty twenty one, but uh, uh, and I can't tell if it's ironic <laughs> or not anymore. But the Kissing Booth movie, <laughs> they're not good. Like they're bad movies for sure. But that's what makes them enjoyable to me. Um, nice, nice. So yeah, nice. Guys, did you know that Whitney Houston what? was a producer for The Princess no Diaries? No way. That's incredible. I did like, not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Whitney Houston has a, has, yeah, she's produced several movies. She also produced uh, The Cheetah Girls and she produced. Oh, hell yeah. 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 So I she, love that. She produced the, the huh. Cinderella that has Brandy in it. Yeah. She's, wow. she, she really True did queen. it all. She was amazing. A true queen. A oh, true that one, queen. That Cinderella movie with Brandy. Doesn't she fall in love with some Asian dude? Yeah, yes. the oh, Prince Charming yeah. is an Asian guy. That was guy. like one of the hey, few examples of representation I saw on screen when I was a small nice. child. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That was, yeah, very diverse. Diverse yeah. before diversity was like pushed. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were gonna say uh, 
you because you were like, guys, did you know that Whitney Houston produced? <laughs> that would have been. I thought you were gonna say Kissing Booth. Also, <laughs> how like, did she produce it? From like, Beyond oh, the Grave. Word? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Her, her spirit lives um, in Kissing Booth. Yeah. <laughs> her spirit lives. Great in episode, us all. guys. This was a lot of fun <laughs> talking about uh, our top five and beyond uh, favorite romantic comedies. And are there any thoughts before we wrap up? Yeah. Um, not about romantic comedies, but I want to remind everybody about our Discord. Um, that we need we need to put that on our social media, don't we? Like the yes. link to yeah. to join that. Um, because I don't, <laughs> I think it's still just us four in there. It feels really lonely. So let's get <laughs> let's get some let's get some flyover crew in there. Um, if you are listening, you are more than welcome to join. It's going to be Isaac on our Instagram yes. and Twitter. Yep. Is that right? We won't put the link on there. Cool. Um. Happy Valentine's, happy Valentine's to Day to everybody. everyone. Watch these movies um, if you need some recommendations. Thank you for listening. Yeah. If you've made it this far, um, this episode was produced by Walter Lyle. Our music is by Corden Jocks. Our network, or what in the world? Our artwork is uh, by Macy Lummis. Our next episode will be Moonrise Kingdom on February 19th. And our next flyover after dark is Heat. Stay tuned and we will see you later. like a collective buy. I thought we decided we were going to do a collective buy, so I was like, oh, let's do it. And then no one did anything, and I was like, never mind. I thought we did well. You can see how...